let's take a villain from DC and make a parody of him from Marvel. He's a hit. Well, let's make him a good guy. <laughs> now let's give him his own comic book. Ah, oh, sure, Fox, he can be in a movie. Oh, uh, you're going to go against everything that made him popular? But you have the perfect actor. What? You want to try again? Okay, but this time he'll remain true to the character? Could you use the same actor? How about the writers of Zombieland? Ha! And rate it R. On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss Deadpool. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells, and joining me today is Mr. Chad Smith. How are you, Chad? I'm doing pretty good, Laramie. How about you, buddy? Oh, I am wonderful. This was a treat to go back and rewatch uh, this movie. It is one of the the better in the realm of comic book movies. Yeah, especially outside of you know mainline Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'd I'd make a pretty good argument that's maybe the best outside of that realm. But oh, yeah, it's definitely the best in Fox's attempts to make comic book <laughs> movies. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they've been doing with the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, but somehow they were able to get it right uh, finally with Deadpool. Well, and it's kind of uh, interesting just that it even got made. For one, the whole thing about it being an R-rated movie and you know, clearly Ryan Reynolds didn't want to make it without that. But the fact that he gets to have a second take at the character. So uh, after the abortion that was... Ugh. And Wolverine Origins. <laughs> oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. I, I'm dreading. I'm, I'm like both dreading and excited to one day do th- that movie uh, on the show. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I actually refuse to call that Deadpool. Uh, for one, it doesn't actually name the character Deadpool in the movie, but it's not Deadpool at all. He plays Wade Wilson for a minute. Uh, and then he plays a weird thing whose mouth is sewn shut and has laser vision and swords in his arms. Yeah, but don't they call uh, it? It's not Deadpool. Don't they call it like Operation Deadpool or Project Deadpool? Maybe it's been a long time since I watched that movie yeah, for and re- numerous to ever reasons. Watch it again. But, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, so, but I can't call that Deadpool. Yeah, no. So so let's go ahead and get into that. So obviously this was not the first live action Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds did play the character in 2009's, as we just said, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was so bad. Um, I mean, they <laughs> they took the Merc with the mouth and they showed his uh, sewed his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, bizarre powers he's never had in the comics and everything else, yeah. too. So it was terrible. Yeah. The blades coming out of his hand. I'm going, OK, well, he's, he should have swords, but OK, they're going to do that. And then they gave him the ability to teleport, which I'm going, OK, Deadpool can do that, but it's because of a device that he has. Right. But then he shoots the laser beams and I'm like, yep, can't explain that one. <laughs> And like the weird tattoo thing from the injections, the whole thing was just super bizarre. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. And they even when he he, uh, blasts the eyes, they made it so that the black marks on his eyes looks kind of like the Deadpool mask. Yeah. Yeah. It was so bad. It was was bad. But uh, the comic book character (laughs) that this one 
goes after. Uh, debuted in the comics back in The New Mutants, number 98, back in February of 1991. I do think this movie benefits from the fact that he's not that old of a character, because he was only 25 Absolutely. years old of a character. It, it, not only was he fresher, but you didn't have as much to already have ingrained in society like you would like you did with Batman and Superman who were you know pushing 80 or 80 plus at you know the time of this movie and even the X-Men that he's from were well over 50 because they came out in 63 yeah. so no I, yeah I would for sure agree with that uh, I also think it has to do with just the character is a parody of superheroes altogether anyways so you know it's it's kind of interesting uh he also doesn't have a fixed origin story it's one of those things he actually in a lot of and i'm sure we'll talk about this a lot but in a lot of his fourth wall breaking in the comics he gives different stories about his origin almost like the joker heath ledger's joker does Mm -hmm. sometimes like you know that sort of thing so yeah yeah both being a relatively new character and a relatively new character who part of his whole shtick is wink, wink, nod, nod. We both know this is fiction and, you know, I can do what I want. Definitely played well into a movie. No, I agree. So the movie, before we get too deep into the characters, the movie came out on February 12th, 2016. And of course it was rated R. Now the February 12th, 2016, (laughs) this was a Valentine's Day movie. Like how, how great is that? Well, I mean, he tells you that it's a love story at the beginning. So um, why are you surprised? They yeah. even released <laughs> posters and trailers that yeah. <laughs> made it look like it was a romantic movie. I remember there was this whole social media thing about guys like texting their girlfriend the romantic poster and going, hey, we should go see this for Valentine's Day. And he even keys into that, if you remember, uh uh, pretty close to the beginning of the movie where he's sitting on the bridge before he attacks the convoy and he's drawing in his little notebook and he breaks the fourth wall and starts talking and he's clearly talking to the female audience and he even says oh your boyfriend told you it was a superhero movie and all this kind of stuff and uh, as he's about to savagely murder some people which but, yeah right off the bat this movie lets you know it is rated r uh, what did you think? What did you think about the the R ratings? Like one of the first big superhero movies to be rated R. Yeah, I mean, some of it's a a little cringy and makes you a little uncomfortable. But I think that plays into the character. It's always been, you know, Deadpool's always been billed as the character that kind of pushes the edge and and that sort of thing. So I think it kept in step with who Deadpool is. It made it a fun movie in the sense that they just got to do whatever they wanted to do basically. And, uh, you know, so, uh, I don't know that Deadpool's a character you want to introduce to 12 year olds. So Which it's is a good the thing. thing because <laughs> it was a big deal when this movie came out because people were still taking their kids to see it because they just went right. superhero movie. I will take my, like you said, 12 year old or even younger to go see this. And I'm just, I remember sitting in the theater to, I don't remember if it was this one. In the one. first yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And just seeing a kid walk in, and I go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, yeah. And they waste no time letting you know that it's an R. It's rated R for a good reason. No, exactly. But, All right. Well, let's get into the characters. We've already kind of talked about them a little bit. But, of course, the main, our main character, Deadpool himself, Wade Wilson, created in the comics by Rob Liefeld and Fabian, I'm going to butcher his last name, Naziza. 
or Nikaziza yeah. or something like that. Uh, they do give both of them in the end credits. They do give them credit, and it says special thanks with tongue, and it lists both of them. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a fun little bit. So look for that in the clo- the end credits. He, yeah. of course, is played by Ryan Reynolds, and I mean, has there ever been a better casting for a superhero? No, and it's kind of crazy because at first, you al- if you hadn't read the comics, you would almost go, yeah, this is just Ryan Reynolds in a superhero suit. The, like, what's special about this? He's not really playing it. And then you read him and you're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> apparently, uh, this is where Ryan Reynolds got all of his sense of humor. So yeah, uh, no, and it, it definitely is a good casting. Well, and there's even in the comics in... Cable and Deadpool number two, which came out in 2004. So that was 10 years plus before this movie was probably even written. There is a line where they talk about Deadpool and they say, Deadpool himself says, well, if you looked like Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpay (laughs) and he's describing himself. So 2004, this is before X-Men Origins. This is before this movie. Deadpool hit the writers of Deadpool even had him compare himself to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but I, it really wasn't a secret that Ryan Reynolds was a big Deadpool fan way back. And so, you know, he was already 2004. He's already pretty famous. So uh, I think he had already been trying to get the rights to make the movie even way back then. But it, maybe it wasn't that far back. But I mean, it wouldn't have been a huge shocker for the writers to know that Ryan Reynolds was into Deadpool and throw him a bone and kind of put that in there. But I I don't know the background on it. Yeah, I just, uh, again, I just, he's so perfectly cast. And I even remember when Origins came out and they were, he's playing Wade Wilson. I'm like, oh, I was fine that if he wasn't going to be Deadpool, just the fact of they've planted this seed. And maybe he'll just right. be Wade Wilson in this one, and then he gets to become Deadpool, because again, it is Origins, and we'll get to see it later. But then they, again, sewed his mouth shut they, and did all <laughs> But they even threw you a bone at the beginning of the movie. You know, you see Wade be the Merc with the mouth, as as they're a band of, of mercenaries and everything. And so he's all lipping off to Wolverine and all that stuff. So yeah, they, they really says, did. Do you ever it. shut up? And he says, not while yeah. I'm awake. <laughs> so so uh, they almost teased you to the point of it was insulting when they took it away at the end of the movie. But OK, I'll stop. That's not the movie we're, yeah, we're uh, uh, yeah. reviewing. So. <laughs> well, but then but then we, we get into so Ryan Reynolds then jumps over the line and goes to D.C. And then he plays Green Lantern, which. I love that they make fun of in this as he's, yeah. of course, one of my favorite lines, which I remember was even in the trailer, was the, you know, don't just don't make the super suit green or animated. Yeah. Well, he uh, also, to be fair, he makes fun of the Origins character, too. He's got the action figure. Yeah. Remember? About yeah. halfway and he says movie. something like, this is my most prized possession, but then he <laughs> moves it out of the way and picks up the the Wham album. Um, yep. Yeah, well, no. He, Wham. Yeah. This is when they earn the explanation <laughs> point. Yeah. Uh, which you and I were actually talking about this prior to recording. There's the line that Colossus says to him later that says to be a superhero really only takes four or five moments. And if you do yeah. the math, okay, he he's played <laughs> was... Wade Wilson once 
he played Green Lantern. You could actually go back to when he played the little sidekick in Blade Trinity. That's three, which makes this four. And it's almost like Colossus (laughs) is saying four or five. You may need to do another one before it works out. But luckily, this one worked out. Yeah, I did think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, (sighs) This movie, and we'll talk about this throughout the whole episode. I, I just know this movie is so true to the character Deadpool, but it is not true to Wade Wilson because in the comics, Wade Wilson, before he becomes Deadpool, is not the sarcastic, happy-go-lucky guy. Wade Wilson is just a jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't get that through thread that you do in the movie. Uh, It does change him altogether. But I don't know that you could put a another comic book movie up that that just nails the main character at his like core essence better than this one does. Yeah. And I think that's why the the movie works so well. They don't lean and I'm sure like you were saying we'll talk more about this too, but they don't lean much on actual comic stories. There's not a run that you can point to that it two is a different story. They're obviously taking from from some comic runs, but the first one I can't think of a, of one of the the series that uh, that that really lines up to, and yeah. so, but they just they took the time to really get the character right, and that's what to me is cool. And yeah, they bend the rules a little bit, and but you have you, know, you to can talk about yeah taking yeah. taking years of of story and fitting it into two hours, and and you can talk about the little stuff like you know oh well. well you know, he he wasn't made by Weapon X in the movie. It's this other like shady offshoot organization. And and, you know, Ajax is uh, apparently kind of an amalgam of the two characters that that create Deadpool in the in the books. So you you get rid of the Dr. Killebrand guy or Killebrew. What a name, <laughs> by the way. But, you know, he's gone altogether. And so you get this strange amalgam in, in Ajax, which. I don't know. It kind of works, but, but for all the little things like that, that I feel like comic book nerds always pick on with comic movies about that. They didn't get it true to the books. Like it doesn't matter because they just killed it with the character, the sarcasm, the breaking the fourth wall, which to go back to that, I I actually timed it on this watching. I was like, how long is it before he does that? It's like four minutes in when he first, turns to the camera and lets you know that he's in on the joke, like, you know, and everything. And uh, that's so key to that character. Yeah. Can you think of another comic book character that breaks the fourth wall? I'm pretty sure he's the only one. Yeah. That, that I can think of. There's been kind of the comedic stuff. Uh, you actually go back in the archives. My wife and I, Bethany just did Josie and the Pussycats. And one mm-hmm. of those characters does turn to the camera and kind of give the wink or the nod. Well, I mean, and in the books, oh, not on in the film, comic books. But, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that I can think of, but I mean, it's so, as you're saying, that is so an aspect of Deadpool. Right. That, you know, he's, he's the only, yeah, he's the only comic book superhero that knows he's in a comic book. Yeah. And they riff on that so hard that you get to the point where you have the run that is Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. You know, yeah. it's like 
it is such a key component to his character and just four minutes into the movie, bam, you just, you get him turned to the camera and start, start telling you about his life. It's well, super that awesome. Also going into going back into just the character itself, you know, the whole point of him being that way in the comic books is because of what happened to him with weapon X. It drove him insane. Right. And so they've even played with the fact of him talking to, you know, breaking the fourth <laughs> wall is his insanity in view of all the right. other characters, which they kind of played with in this movie when I forgot if it was uh, teenage uh, Negasonic, whatever order I, it goes in, when her Colossus, Colossus. Yeah, Colossus says, who are yeah. you talking to? Or yeah, answers Colossus them or something. Bridge. He goes, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that we're we're his psychosis. So that would be kind of the one section I would say that they didn't go far enough. And maybe it's just because it would be very difficult to, because let's be honest, he wasn't a mainstream character, whereas something like Spider-Man, you could say maybe, you know, half of the people who are going to view this have read a Spider-Man comic book and kind of have, you know, know what's up. I would say that a 10th of the people that went to see Deadpool had ever seen a Deadpool comic book, much yeah. less read one. So, um, so maybe it's just too over the line, but he's insane in the comic books yeah. uh, and he's not, I wouldn't call him insane. He's, he's very sarcastic. He doesn't necessarily do things, you know, the way a rational person would, but he's not absolutely crazy either. Uh, like Deadpool is in the comics. So I, I don't know, but I, I think they could have taken that portion of it a little further, but that's not enough. It's not a big enough difference that I would say that I dislike what they did with it or anything. Well, so with that, and we'll, we'll get back into the characters in a minute, but I, I like where this is going. Do you think it would have been over the line to stylize this movie the way they did the, that Ang Lee did the Hulk, where we actually saw panels and the yellow, little yellow boxes? <laughs> uh, yeah. If you'd have given him some thought bubbles and stuff so yeah. in some of those places where <laughs> uh, it could have made for a very interesting, very different movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That could have I could see a world in which that worked, but I don't know that you still have the affinity for the character that you do by the end of this movie. If he's just way crazy i mean you get the one scene where he's stabbed in the head and and there's some some clear problems yeah. going on there but i don't know if that could have been carried you know through the movie that he is just insane so i, I think they did the right thing but it's not super true to the comic book i guess yeah. All right, moving on to because uh, we're gonna we'll talk about Deadpool and all the stuff they chose throughout <laughs> this, but let's go ahead and move on to our next character, which is uh, the love interest, uh, Vanessa, played by Morena uh, Baccarin, or as Bethany and I like to refer to her, uh, the actress we like, but everything she's in gets canceled. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you know we we were fans of Firefly, which she was in and got canceled. Yeah. I was a fan of the reboot of V, where she was the queen. And that yep. got canceled. And yeah, I mean, she she made it out, but she wasn't a really she wasn't a continuing character throughout the entire thing. But, you know, she was in Gotham. So this isn't you know, she she still stayed in those comic books. She was on the show Gotham as Leslie Tompkins, uh, the medical examiner 
that uh, worked with the uh, precinct. And she was also the voice of Gideon. I don't know if she still is, but she's the voice of Gideon on The Flash. So she's got her hand in the, the comics there. Um, now, the character is from the comics. She uh, first appeared in the New Mutants 98, which if you paid attention to earlier, was also the debut of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. However, you didn't know she was in it. Uh, because in the comics, Vanessa is a character called Copycat. Yeah. Who has- which is uh, obviously a big difference from the movie. Oh, yeah. Because she's not a mutant. Yeah, in so the- in the comic book, she is a mutant, and uh, she doesn't appear as Vanessa until... Uh, X-Force 19 in February of 93. Um, but yeah, not only do, is she not a mutant that we know of, we don't know if they're going to play with that later <laughs> in a in a, maybe another movie, but she's also not blue because she's blue in the yeah. comic books. Right. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that they still use the character Vanessa and then didn't at all make her a mutant. That in and of itself is its own, uh, you know, subtopic i guess you'd say about the movie uh the way that they interact with what is a mutant and what isn't because in the books uh deadpool is not considered a mutant he uh he gains his powers uh and i'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute anyways but he gains his powers because he's been given mutant abilities directly from wolverine which is of course why he has Wolverine-like abilities. So, uh, and they don't do that in this. He's, uh, you know, uh, they explain it as that he has latent mutant powers that they use a series of drugs and stress to uh, manifest, uh, you know, that he's always had, apparently. So they kind of sort of kind of make Deadpool a mutant in that sense. Uh, So that's not strictly comic book but you know, it, it would have been a little campy if uh, if they had used Wolverine for this, uh, with it being a different. I mean, in the same universe, apparently, but yeah. totally different property. Yeah, which which they make a reference to. Uh, <laughs> apparently, studio <laughs> didn't have any money for another X Man. <laughs> Why do I only see two of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So our our next character, also from the comics, is uh, Weasel, who in the comics is also named Jack Hammer, but I don't think they ever refer uh, to him by that name in this movie. Um, played yep. by T.J. Miller, the character debuted in the comics in Cable number three back in July of 1993. This is the closest thing Deadpool has to a sidekick in the comics. He's not a superhero, superpowers, or anything like that. Uh, he just provides weapons for Deadpool is about all he does in the comics, and it's just someone for Deadpool to yeah. talk to. Uh, I don't know why they didn't do more of that with T.J. Miller, because they introduced the cab driver, who's not from the comics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, T.J. Miller, of course, is also the... he. Well, his version of Weasel acts as the bartender for the Hell House, which he does not do in the comics. In the comics, that's a guy named Patch. Right. So kind of like you mentioned earlier about Ajax being a, a mashup yeah. of a couple of characters, yeah. they seem to do the same thing here with Weasel. Yeah, um, I like this character, though. And I mean, again, kind of like with Ryan Reynolds, it's more or less just T.J. Miller being T.J. Miller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't 
this there was no method acting involved in this you know <laughs> he didn't he didn't have to stray far from his his normal personality they gave you that one weird little uh what do you call it little vignette when they're they're packing all the guns into the bag to kind of i guess nod at at weasel in the comic books a little bit but yeah they, they don't give him much in the way of of what he is in the comics. He sort of kind of seems like he's the guy who books these uh, little mercenary missions yeah. <laughs> for, for this group of dudes, but they don't even outright tell you that he, he just kind of owns where they hang out apparently. Yeah. But and, again, uh, and again, that's patch in the comic patch is the yeah, one that deals right. out the, the jobs for the mercenaries. And I do right. like how he plays him though. That, no, that scene yeah. where, where I would go with you, but I don't want to. <laughs> Just no, I would absolutely, especially the scene when he returns after he's been disfigured. Oh, dude! And yeah. you know the you look like a an old avocado uh, mated with a much older <laughs> avocado. Um, I would love to just see a a run of all because you know oh, those yeah. lines were ad libbed. Just yeah, a there run, were fifteen more of them. Yeah, yeah, of all the different things that T.J. Miller and Ryan Reynolds said to each other filming that scene. Even just how he says "haunting" when he's "you are haunting," <laughs> it just it makes me laugh so hard. It's such a good delivery. All right, so moving on, we do have a couple of X Men in the movie. First off is Colossus, who is uh, I wanted to point out he's voiced by Stefan. Kapakik. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, um, which those of you who are fans of Better Call Saul know him as Casper. Um, and it looks like Chad Did was actually yeah, surprised by that. Um, Did not know so that. yeah, the voice, he is the voice, but the motion capture was actually performed by a guy named Craig LaSalle, who, based on my research, this is the only thing that guy's ever done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some kind of martial artist or something. So, yeah, tapped him for it. But so going into the same thing we were talking about earlier about uh, does this exist in the same universe as the X Men movies and all? You question that with Colossus because this is a different for Colossus sure. than we saw in the the X Men movies of the early two thousands. Yeah, but they even reference the house blowing up thing yeah. and you, you know <laughs> and with colossus's line of house blowing up give you character you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but he's, so I, I don't know he's he's obviously a very different yeah incarnation the, the x-men sure. and the the x-men trilogy if whatever you want to call it from the early 2000s i do believe he wasn't russian or at least he never spoke with a russian accent the few times he right. did speak and of course, he wasn't as big, right? You know, even if you could say, "Well, it's been a few years," he 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 was not he, he, that he big, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we got the Colossus. I do like this Colossus. I'm not gonna I deny that. I really like the. Colossus. I have a I have a bizarre special place in my heart for Colossus. I w I loved that character for some reason when I was circa about 14 years old. Uh, X Men the animated series. Yeah. Well, but even before I got into that, just the comic books, I, I liked that character a lot. And I'm not 100% sure why. I guess just being steel plated appealed to me at that age or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And I do think that this movie incarnation is, is a pretty good one. I mean, obviously, they don't give you 
any backstory on anybody but Deadpool. So they didn't have to deal with anything of that nature, any kind of origin story or, or who he is, but they, they nail it in the sense of the, you know, he is a guy who runs on the idea of honor and, yeah. uh, you know, doing the right thing and, and that sort of thing, which is straight so from I, the comics. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. The other X-Men we get is uh, a complete opposite of all of this is nothing yep. like the comic book character. <laughs> and that's a uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead played by Brianna Hildebrand. Um, that character first appeared in New Mutant or New X-Men, excuse me, New X-Men number 115 just a few years before in August 2001. However, she is completely different. In the comics. This one was really interesting to me. I mean, you only see her use any kind of powers at the end of the movie, basically. It, it's cannonball's uh, power. She's just a female <laughs> cannonball. That is seems to be somewhat atomically powered, so you get that yeah, the nuclear portion, maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, um, they got the teenage part right. That That's about yeah. it. Well, and that's she, the thing. I will admit... If if you <laughs> didn't know the the character from the comics at all, the name Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and then seeing her do again what is really Cannonball's power, that makes sense. Right. The character in the comic book, that name doesn't make any sense to her, right? Because she's like this small, <laughs> frail, emo-looking chick who is a telepath, uh, can see the future, and she can. I guess reality warp, create things out of nothing. It's yeah. a completely different character. It, yeah, she. So back to the alternate X Men universe. I'm trying. I'm totally shooting off the hip on this one. But isn't she in Days of Su Future Past in the future? Isn't she one of the characters? No, I don't think she is. No, I think you're right. I just think her powers are really close to... I'm trying to remember the, the character that they do use to warp reality and then jump. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, killed. Any, anyways, sorry. Off on a tangent there. Um, yeah, I think that... I think mainly her, her role in the movie is clearly just to be the foil of some jokes for Ryan Reynolds to tell. Uh, Cause I mean, you can only beat up on Colossus for so much joke wise. And it's, you know, just him being a bully basically. Whereas he has this kind of fun interplay with this teenage girl sort of making fun of her and, and getting her to come over to his side, I guess. But, and it works, but I, but I agree with you. It actually makes more sense. The name makes more sense for the movie character for once. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up while you were talking. Uh, Blink is the character. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mo moving on, we'll get into some of our, uh, we'll get into the next character that's walks a thin line between how close she's based off of uh, the comic. And that's blind owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So blind owl, uh, didn't appear until Deadpool, Deadpool got his own comic in January of 1997. And in the comic, she appears to be just his roommate, as this one does. Although the comic later kind of reveals that she's actually being held prisoner by Deadpool. <laughs> right. And so it was Because kinda, he is insane. Yeah. And it's, so it's kind yeah. of the same thing in this movie. You're like, is she? Well, the joke's about that she doesn't pay rent, apparently. Her job is to build ikea furniture yeah 
for him, you know. <laughs> so, so you do kind of get some, some of that thread from from the uh, from the comics, but but her you, introduction but, is awesome, though. The yeah. fact that she just tells him to get use seltzer water to get blood out of his uniform or wear red, yeah. idiot, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they do play off of the character in the movie is a friend, even almost like a mother like figure for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's a fun little side character, if you will. Yeah. Uh, now we got our villains. Um, and we uh, were talking about Ajax earlier, so we'll go ahead and continue talking about him. Ajax, also known as Francis, <laughs> first appeared in Deadpool number 14, just really a few years before in March 2011. In this movie, he's played by Ed Screen. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, and we talked about earlier jacked for this role, by the way. Yeah. Like. <laughs> we talked about earlier. He's kind of a combination of, uh, the character Ajax, who is from the comics and Dr. Killebrew. Cause in the comics, Killebrew's the doctor who's behind the, the experiments, uh, for the project X, the weapon X. Um, and Ajax is just kind of his, his pawn, his mercenary, his own yeah. personal mercenary, uh, that right. when any of the subjects get out of hand, it's Ajax's job to recapture them or, as was the case for Deadpool in the comics, it was to kill them. Um, right. And, which they uh, also, which is also confusing to me because, so they sort of moved Ajax into this Dr. Killebrew role. Not sort of, they moved him yeah, into the do, Dr. Yeah. Killebrew role, but they leave him with his powers and that sort of thing. But they also kind of bring Angel in as basically what Ajax was in the comic book. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit confusing. This is probably the one place where I don't think, apart from the comic book, where I don't think the movie works. Because you don't have... there. There's really no good reason for this dude to be who he is. Because apparently he went through the program. He tells... Mm-hmm. Wade, that he got powers through this too. What kind of psycho then turns around and does it to other people? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if this program is that bad, like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, and he just happened to have the skill set needed to to do this high level genetics work. Yeah, that's you my know, thing uh, about the character is, you know, you're going. Yeah, I don't see this guy as any type of genetic <laughs> physicist or whatever he's yeah, supposed he's to be. He's not an MIT grad or something. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> so that I mean, really a small point in the movie, but that's that's probably the only thing that I would say I have a problem with this movie is I don't at all understand why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's just because he's a sadist and for some money. Like that's kind of all we get out of it but you don't really need it to be any more than that either though so because yeah, because that's the other thing uh i don't have the character written down i don't know if he's i can't remember if he's ever really named um but the like men men in black dude that c- confronts oh, wade yeah. uh, agent smith yeah, yeah that yeah he just calls him agent smith which i'm just looking at him going no <laughs> you're that alien <laughs> from galaxy quest that's all i know um yeah but we we never know like who's he working for. Like, right. does he work for Ajax or is Ajax working? F- is Ajax being funded by some? Right. Yeah, and they keep yeah, that very you, vague. You don't really. 
I didn't have a problem though with Ajax having powers and being the the doctor because then that gave us the two big battles at the end. You got to get through the henchman, which was Angel, before you Mm -hmm. get to the the boss, which was Ajax, and he had to be able to fight Ajax. So I didn't have a problem with that, but I I I agree with what you said. Um, So moving on to the the henchman, if you will, or henchwoman, Angel, which is actually Angel Dust, uh, is the character mm-hmm. played by uh, Gina Carano. Um, in the comic, she's one of the Morlocks, which is the like independent band of mutants that are that hide in the subway tunnels because many of them are their mutation caused them not to be able to see be want to be seen by the public. Uh, so she's right. one of the Morlocks. The thing is, there's not a lot about her in the comics, and I tried to no. do a little research, and I couldn't really find much of anything. I do know that uh, she she doesn't do an awful lot, so I'm not sure how close her powers are. But in the comics, uh, she loses all of her powers on M-Day. Yeah. So. Well, I kind of, I almost wonder if the reason they call her Angel and not Angel Dust is because it, it, there's very little correlation here. Uh, granted, they don't exactly flesh out the character in the movie. They spend very, very little time talking about her at all. But she apparently was also part of the program, and her powers manifest as super strength. You're when Ajax tells you that, you just kind of assume it's because she went through the same underground Weapon X that they're running now. So again, what kind of psychopath just turns around to, to do this to other people? But she does seem to be pretty crazy. So maybe that works out, but I mean, she barely talks in the entire entire film. And this was even in my rewatch of it. Part of me just kind of wished that she never spoke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just a totally silent character. Now there's, I mean, there's one moment I do love when Colossus knocks her down. And when he goes to get her, he realizes she's popped out of her top. And she she's immediately, she goes, oh, well, thank you. That's so sweet. And then, you know, goes right back. I yeah. did love that moment. Yeah, but part of me was like, I almost kind of wish she never spoke. Yeah. I mean, really, you only need her as a device for two things. You need her to be the, the henchman at the end that you were already talking about. And you need her to be there for Wade to get the match from during his escape from the... I keep calling it Weapon X program. I really don't think they ever called it that in the movie i'm just don't have another term <laughs> to use to call it but no, the program they, whatever you yeah. want to call it oh they called it the workshop oh yeah 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 uh it, it, in his escape from the workshop you do need that moment where he makes the henchman mad and gets the matchstick from her so yeah. there's that but yeah pretty forgettable character other than that uh i i mean i think it was cast fairly well she's clearly a formidable person and it works as a believable role. I don't know if this was, was this her first acting gig? No, uh, Haywire. Clearly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly we've seen her in the Mandalorian now and she has grown leaps and bounds, but yeah. And even though I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of them and haven't seen most of them. I'm I think she's also in some of the fast and the furious movies. Oh, okay. I even remember when, when she was thinking about getting into acting because she is an MMA fighter was how she started. And around that time of the movie Haywire, it was kind of to feature her and what she could do. And uh, I remember there was talk, just a hint 
of that she was probably going to be Wonder Woman. But oh no, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. Because and I, I don't want to say anything against her. I have nothing against her. You just talked about how she's currently a Mandalorian. I love her in the Mandalorian. But there was right. a lot of talk about if you go back and watch Haywire or, you know, she's put on some pounds. It works for her as a fighter, but right. but yeah. All right. Uh, one more character here. Got to talk about it. If you're a fan of Deadpool, the little nod <laughs> of Hydra Bob. Yeah. Bob, agent of Hydra. Yeah. I remember this right after the movie came out uh, because... It's such a good nod because it, you clearly get that these guys love these comic books because for those of you who aren't big Deadpool fans uh, in the comics, he is obsessed with Captain America. Like that's, it's pretty hilarious how obsessed he is with Captain America. And so therefore, of course, he uh, you know fights Hydra from time to time. Uh, even as part of the Avengers every now and then, all this kind of stuff. And so you get a character who they can't really put in this movie because he's not yeah. uh, a Fox property yeah, at Hydra, all. At Hydra's the in the main MCU. And, but there's nothing against just naming a henchman Bob. <laughs> Bob, yeah. Who they apparently really had a good time at that Jacksonville TGI Fridays. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with it if he'll ever appear in another movie. Um, because he that just played by a, he's just a stunt man in this one. Uh, yeah. Rob Hader that plays him is just a stunt man. I'm sure he could pull off some acting stuff. Many stunt men have done it before. But yeah, if you're interested in in Bob, agent of Hydra, uh, he did first show up in the comics in Cable and Deadpool number thirty eight in May of two thousand seven, and he's just. He's one of those characters that if you are a Deadpool fan, you're aware of Bob. Yeah. He's so inept. It's so funny. It's He's like the worst sidekick ever. And, uh, oh, man, Bob's great. <laughs> All right. So, it so, was a really cool wink. Uh, oh, I was yeah. I was super glad that Marvel didn't get their feathers in a ruffle over it, which, I mean, let's be honest. It's not like. Marvel didn't make money off of this. So, you know, it works in their favor too, if we're being totally honest with it about it, but it's, it was cool that they kind of did a, yeah, you got us sort of thing. And uh, so that was a really cool part of it as well. Well, I mean, you, you say that the, the final battle is clearly <laughs> a helicarrier. <laughs> it's a broken down helicarrier. Right, because this did come out right after Civil War. So, uh, and they don't, I love how they don't acknowledge it at yeah, all. No. At all. Like, this isn't weird that they just happen to be at this giant helicarrier that is, you know, being dismantled after, uh, you know, some horrible battle. So, it's, it's such a great nod. And now it's time for the anchor commercial. All right, so let's get into the moving panels. We've kind of hit a lot of this uh, before. We've talked about him breaking the fourth wall, which is straight from the comic books, one of the best aspects of the character. Not an awful lot I could find, as uh, Chad has also said, that comes straight from the comics. Really, I mean, there's Wade and Vanessa's relationship, which comes from a comic called Deadpool the Circle Chase from October mm -hmm. of 1993, but it is literally one page. 
<laughs> yeah. And is the driving force of the entire movie. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's one page in which we get a, a, it's a flashback scene in which you find, you see where Wade, cause this is before he was Deadpool, he's leaving and it's a girl named Vanessa. It's apparently a really young girl named Vanessa because he does say you're just a kid in one of the panels. Although he does also uh, acknowledge the fact that she was a prostitute, which, you know, they kind of <laughs> tied in with the character in the movie. Right. But that's it. It's one page. Uh, <laughs> so so that was it. And I think it's it was one of those things where they named that character Vanessa. And I don't know if their intention was that it was the same character that Copycat would would be. Or if it just, or just used the name. They yeah. just happened to use the same name. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It was an interesting choice altogether, in the sense of uh, Wade Wilson has dated or had relationships with an amazing number of other other characters throughout the Marvel universe. So, yeah. uh, including Lady Death, you know, uh, just all, uh, a whole whole thing so he's been with black widow which obviously wouldn't have worked considering they they don't want to acknowledge <laughs> the fox properties at, at this time and all that sort of stuff but yeah it was i same thing with angel i kind of wonder if they didn't just use it because it was a name from the comic book and they really loosely just take this backstory to to kind of get to that because i mean obviously they didn't give her any sort of uh you know mutant powers i say that but she did survive a fall in a glass tube from a couple hundred feet up so maybe yeah. there's some some, <laughs> some mutant. i love how she's not secured to anything but that's apparently supposed to protect her like she wouldn't crush her skull on this cylinder she's captured in when she yeah, I didn't quite ground, understand but... that either it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like what are we gonna do now and it's like well i have an idea but you're not gonna like it and i'm going of course she's not gonna like it because that that doesn't save her at all um, <laughs> but yeah uh, uh so yeah to me it was just another one of the characters who they really loosely took from the the books they do take the majority of his origin story um, from a run. And yeah, it was uh, uh, Deadpool and Death from June of 1998. Yeah. That was so, what they met. Like, that version of his origin is what they matched. The you do have the, the cancer, all yes. of that stuff. Um, and that apparently has kind of always been part of his thing. When I was mentioning earlier that, that he does – uh, you know, break the fourth wall to to tell you crazy Joker-like varying origins. That's it's mostly about his childhood. You don't really know much about Wade Wilson before just a very few years before he becomes Deadpool. Uh, so that's always been kind of part of it. But but that was pretty much straight from the books, except for they don't use uh, you know Wolverine's DNA to change yeah. him. It's not in Canada, but. That was an. Uh, uh, they do actually reference the town that the character is from in the comic books. He he mentions during the bridge fight scene that he's from Regina, Saskatchewan, and that that's actually true to the books as well. How did you catch and that? I, yeah, and it's kind of. It's. I think it's also a fun nod because obviously Ryan Reynolds is also Canadian. Mm -hmm. You 
you, you have to kind of wonder if that's one of the reasons that it's one of his favorite characters, but you know, uh, who knows? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Like you said, a lot of it matches that the Deadpool and death, uh, comic from 98, uh, which also includes, uh, when he goes through the weapon X and ends up in department K, which is what the warehouse, the workshop, excuse me, is in the movie. Um, kind of where the, the failures, would go from Weapon X. He meets a guy who at the time in the comics is known as the attendant and the attendant later turn, you find out his name's Francis and he becomes Ajax. Uh, so that whole making fun of, of Ajax and the, you know, as the attendant, whatever that comes from that same storyline as well. It's sad to say this, but since we were just, as you were talking and I was thinking about it, the, the whole Weapon X thing, that's really the one thing that the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie actually got right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> iconic scene of him popping out of the the tank and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like ripped straight from the comic books. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, it's a horrible I, I, movie. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's a way? I mean, obviously, it would be difficult considering that they had botched Deadpool in the making of that movie, but do you think that there's a way that they could have referenced it as Weapon X and this still been a believable movie? Or do you think that that kind of rips you out of that reality and makes you go, oh man, think about <laughs> Origins again? Yeah, that was my thing. I think this movie needed to be, it kind of, as it does, kind of exist in its own universe. Although it does mess with, it's just about every x-men movie fox has used with their license there's no continuity at all to any of it (laughs) um yeah and so could they sure but i I think i think it would have been too much for this movie i think just keep deadpool his own thing and just have the small little x-men reference but just kind of keep him his own thing don't give him the the big connection although he does it himself when he he says um you know, what did I have to do to get this movie, to get my own movie? Uh, you know, keep, right. keep myself family friendly as I'm saying that line. Uh, Rhymes with Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, so, you know, again, I, and I, and I, you wonder why they didn't use the Weapon X. Was it to keep it separate? Because clearly it wasn't a, uh, property thing because fox owned it's fox yeah yeah. fox owned it they could have said it they used x-men um they used the mansion and all that so i don't know i like it keeping it its own separate thing which uh hopefully hopefully now i know there's been talks of will kevin feige bring ryan reynolds deadpool into the mcu and we'll just have to wait and see but the fact that they kept him separate gives kind of Kevin Feige that ability. Dude, so here's where I, as a Deadpool fan, I get super excited because it seems like the MCU is moving into doing secret wars, uh, yeah. you know, with with the whole cosmic thing and and that stuff. If you've never read or seen Deadpool's secret, secret wars, dude, it's one of the best comic runs there is. Like, you had Secret Wars, which in the comic book world was a 
giant run. It was a huge deal that tied a ton of books together all of a sudden. And then they totally parodied it with Deadpool having his own run that was a joke on that. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty epic. It's it's an awesome run of comic books. But Which, when you just said the parody thing, I don't know why I didn't bring this up in the segment of the characters. For people who don't know, Deadpool is a parody of <laughs> right. a DC character. Um, yep. So DC has a character named Deathstroke, Deathstroke, and he's Deadpool. But even the his real name, the character in DC is Slade Wilson, and he's Wade Wilson. And I mean, <laughs> even Wilson. their costumes yeah. resemble. So yeah, if you didn't know that, I, I know I mentioned it in my open. Uh, but yeah, take a look. Deathstroke, Deadpool... Uh, Deadpool is a parody of that character. It, it's a, it's not even a secret. Rob Layfield has on the record said that's what he was doing. And of course it becomes its own entity. You never see for one uh, Deathstroke never, I won't say never. I think he has recently, but I'm not as up on DC stuff. He's pretty classic villain. He's yeah. not an anti-hero, no. uh, which, which Wade Wilson was at first. He was introduced to be a throwaway villain, uh, that was supposed to make fun of the Slade Wilson character. But Rob Layfield has, uh, who, if you don't know who that is, you you should. He's a uh, pretty pivotal dude in 90s comic books, a uh, great writer. He has said that he was a huge Teen Titans fan, and that's where he brought the whole thing from. And when you look at him, like Laramie was saying, you know, swords, outfits, very, very similar uh, you know, down they're mercenaries, the whole thing, and th- and then he turns it on his head by making him this hugely sarcastic, mm-hmm. insane person. Which Slade Wilson is a very serious individual. <laughs> so, yeah. there were things that I found that were straight from the comic. There is a scene that is almost shot for shot, bubble for bubble. Straight out of the comic. Are you aware of what scene this is, Chad? No, not off the top of my head. It's the pizza guy scene. (laughs) Nice. The pizza guy scene is from Deadpool number 10 in 2008. It is the exact same bit where the pizza guy shows up to this guy's apartment. The guy has no clue what's going on. The, the what's on the pizza is the exact same. And then Deadpool showing up, although it is Deadpool in the comic it's not yeah not not wade will yeah it's it's deadpool and the difference is also uh at the end of the the scene in the comic he kills the pizza guy instead (laughs) of just threatening him and letting him go that's awesome that's one of my favorite lines uh what's the uh now of course now that i'm trying to say it uh what is oh pineapple and olives sweet and salty (laughs) (laughs) yeah but other things that are kind of hidden, uh, and they, I don't know how much of this is the writers or how much of this, honestly, is Ryan Reynolds being such a big fan. Yeah. In that scene, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Wade Wilson, whatever you want to say, is wearing a B. Arthur shirt. Yeah. 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 And I if, know that. if you're familiar, Deadpool in the comics has clearly made it known <laughs> he is a huge fan. <laughs> Of B. Arthur, not only that, but in the comics, Deadpool one time gets his own like spaceship, uh, not spaceship, but like a yeah. flying ship, and he calls it the B. Arthur. Yeah. Uh, there's also That's- in the apartment in one shot 
we get a quick quick glimpse of a uh, a red a, like Vespa scooter in the apartment, which is mm-hmm. something that Deadpool has been seen in the comics, you know, driving around on. I did not catch that. I yeah. should have. I did well, not catch that. And did you see this? Of course, isn't from the comics. Did you see that there's like just a bunch of like Deadpool figurines all around the house? Yeah. <laughs> Which is very that, but that's very on brand. Oh yeah. Uh, it, in in the comics, it, there's a running joke that he's the the merc with the merch as yeah. well. So yeah, he's always selling his own stuff. Uh, I really hope he gets to play around now that he's in the the greater realm of Disney properties and everything. But uh, to see him and and Captain America potentially. Uh, some of the runs where he and Spider-Man yeah. are together are amazing. Like he, which they he played a nod to in the animation uh, during the end credits. They actually had him drop down with a spider yeah. web. <laughs> right. So. Uh, a lot of people don't know that in the books he uh, gets the Venom symbiote before it goes to Spider-Man. So a lot of hardcore Spider-Man fans argue that Venom is insane because he had infected bonded Wade. With, yeah. with Wade Wilson before he goes to Peter Parker. So stuff like that. There's there's I mean, it's obviously you've got years and years, and years of comic books to play with, but he's got a lot of cool storylines. Killing dead zombie presidents. You know, I mean, that that clearly could be worked in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, I had to save this for last in terms of uh, things I wanted to connect with the comic book. There is the the great line when he gets out of the cab where he says, time to make the chimmy effing changas. Yep. And of course, the chimmy changa reference. Anyone fan of Deadpool? I mean, that is all over Deadpool it's, comics. It's catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. How great is that character, though? The the cab driver? Uh, yeah, which, again, not from the comics. Completely. <laughs> right. But if I had to name a favorite scene in the entire movie, it's when he's trying to tell him, uh, you know, with uh, Colossus listening, he's saying, don't kill. Uh, yeah, he's got the dude in the trunk. Well, I can't, yeah. I can't, the, his cousin in the trunk. Yeah. And under his breath, you know, he's, kill him. <laughs> 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 I stink and love that scene so much. It's awesome. And then I love that he calls him Mr. Pool throughout the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's... Unless there's something else you want to talk about the movie, I think we're we're ready to move on to our final decision oh, here. I think Which, we've covered it pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. All right. So let's yeah, get into our final decision. Of course, on moving panels, we treat it the way we would treat a comic. We either bag it, stack it, or trade it. And I mean... Come on, we know where we're going with this one. But go ahead, Chad. Give, yeah, give your uh, decision and why. Oh man, so definitely a baggot for me. This this movie, I think you can make the argument that it changed a ton of stuff in uh, comic book films altogether. For one, it's clearly the first uh, really adult film. Uh, you know, it, it is not, as we discussed earlier, meant for 12 year olds. Yeah. So you had that portion of it, just how it kind of moved the needle on what a comic book movie could be. But I think that even that is eerily similar to the character from the comic books, because, uh, you know, you had this, this run in the nineties where comic books, just exploded. It was a huge deal, but it was all based on the backs of 50 year old characters. And Deadpool was something 
very, very different. And, uh, and he was the guy that did wink at you both literally and figuratively through the page kind of thing. So they captured that so well in this movie. And, and I feel like it was just like Deadpool coming up in the, the books in the early nineties, uh, during a, a boom in comic books. Similarly, we're in the middle of a boom of comic book movies and he shows up and is able to, to do the same thing, kind of give you a little bit of levity. You can laugh with the character. You're in on the joke with it, all of that sort of stuff. So, uh, I don't think it, man, it's, it's such a timely movie in that sense. It, it honors the character as good or better than any comic book movie uh, that I think has ever been made. So uh, it's, it's definitely in my favorites and it's just a laugh a minute. It's ridiculously funny. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I could say it any better than you. Uh, it's definitely a baggage for me. As you said, it's, it's about as perfect of a comic book movie as you could make. I mean, yes, it, it doesn't follow any storylines out of the comics, but it is true to the character which is what I don't, I, I'm sure I, I'm speaking for you, Chad, but feel free to speak up, is what we want as comic book characters. We don't care what the story is. We want our characters right. in, on the big yeah, screen absolutely. and on television. We, so as long as we get those characters, you can do whatever story you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's fun when they when they do nod to a story you like or, or give you the little bit of a wink of, you know, we, we give you a little bit of credit, you know, the work you've, you've read the books kind of thing. And that's a lot of fun, but man, they just, they killed it on nailing who Deadpool the character is. So, uh, hats off to, to Ryan Reynolds and that whole crew of people that put that together. It, it, and it's just amazing that Fox let them even redeem that after, uh, the critical and box office failure that Origins wound up being and how panned it was. So it's kind of an amazing movie that even got made. Well, and even uh, trusting Ryan Reynolds to, you know, star in it when the last time he starred in a movie, it was Green Lantern. So, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, doubt. No, there, there's definitely all of that. But also going to a point you made about bagging it. The fact that they were willing to make this rated R, which completely changed the game. Uh, you and I just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago talked about the movie Joker. Oh, yeah. Um, but then there's also going even to Fox. Logan. Would, yeah. Would we have gotten Logan if this movie would had not been successful as a rated R movie? I, I don't think so. I, I Maybe you would have gotten an old man Logan movie, but I don't think it would have been the movie we got. I agree. Yeah, this was definitely a game changer. Again, it's going to be interesting now that Disney has acquired Fox and now technically reowns this character. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin Feige with Marvel cannot ignore the the <laughs> like like you you said the the Merc with the merch. Um, you can't ignore <laughs> this character. Uh, this can't. Oh, yeah. This is not going to be a character that you can change in order to bring him into the MCU. You can't get a different actor. It's got to be Ryan Reynolds. And right. you can't do Wait. you. If you're going to do another Deadpool movie, which at the time of this recording, as we've already talked about there is Deadpool two has already come out. 
But if they ever wanted to do another Deadpool movie, it's going to have to be rated R. You can't now tone it down. And I know they made fun of that with the Deadpool 2 and they did Once Upon a Deadpool. (laughs) Um, Which was awesome. Yeah. So uh, something we didn't point out, though, this was the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. Until Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't ignore that. So with people who who, um, you know, kind of cynically say that there has to be, uh, you know, another Black Panther movie because it made so much money. You could make the same argument with Deadpool. I mean, it it is a big, big box office property and tons of merch uh, mm-hmm. you know, involved with it and everything. So uh, I would love to see it clearly. Clearly, I'm a fan. I mean, if, if you've listened this far, <laughs> this is not a shocker, but I, I would love to see him in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. All right, Chad, any uh, last words, anything you want to share? No, just thanks for having me again. I've really enjoyed uh, the the few of these that I've gotten to do. Thanks, Laramie. I always enjoy it and always ready to have you back. Uh, So thank you very much, Chad. All right, everybody. um, Again, please please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Uh, Let's build this show up and uh, get it out there. But for the time being, on behalf of my host, Chad Smith, for Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I'll see you on the other side of the page.